Hello and welcome to the Mobile Home Park Expert Podcast. I'm Jason Sroden, joined with my friend Glenn Esterson. Glenn, how are you doing today? I'm doing phenomenal, buddy. And uh, and I just want to tell people off the back, Glenn wrote an amazing book. It's called the, the Mobile Home Park Manifesto. It's available on Amazon. If you want to learn more information about Glenn and what we're up to at the MHP Expert, go to themhpexpert.com. Glenn, uh, so... You know, I've had the holidays are coming up. And so I've had the sewer on my mind. I, <laughs> I, I think of Clark Griswold pumping the sewer out of the thing. Not Clark, uh, his brother. His, his brother. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. Pumping the sewer. But, you know, we've talked about it a lot when you, you know, I wanted to chat about sewer lines and other mobile home park utilities, but sewer lines specifically, because there are so many different things that can go wrong. And there are so many different ways, like you can have private sewer lines, which I didn't even know were a thing. Um, you can have, uh, the, you know, knowing what poor sewer lines are and managing them. So if we could just, I, I just want to cover this quickly, but what are the top things that we need to be worried about when we're looking at a park to purchase uh, regarding its sewer lines? Hey, if you can find a park where the municipality owns the sewer lines up to the meter, that's probably a pretty good option, and it's going to limit some of your risk in the long run and exposure on replacing sewer lines if you ever have to deal with that madness. Um, so that's the first, you know, if you can get that, get that. But most parks, the municipality stops owning at the parcel's edge, okay? And then the property owner owns the infrastructure, uh, which, you know, is not terrible because if you go and when you purchase this thing, that they're going to be able to cost seg that out. And that's going to be worth, you know, some some shekels fee on on your on your taxes. Uh, but past that, which that's not the greatest, you know, reason why you'd want, you know, to own your store lines. Um, the, you know, store lines can get a little, you know, without them, your park can't operate. I mean, that's that's the end of the story with that. So you have to make sure that they're being managed correctly. And there's all different types of store lines and, and store applications and stuff for this episode. You know, let's let's just not talk about the water, the, the, the wastewater treatment plants. Let's not talk about the lagoons. Let's not talk about all that kind of stuff. Just talk about good old, you know, fashioned public municipal, you know, sewer. But you own the sewer lines that are going into it. And maybe we have time. We'll talk about some of the septic stuff. But what you want to really make sure that you're looking at on the sewer is what are they made of? And, you know, uh, you know, what condition are they in? What's the lifespan left on them? If you're able to figure that out, um, you know the you know the, the smaller interior type of lines. They used to, a lot of them used to get made out of clay. Believe it or not, okay. It's what? Orangeburg, yeah, it's called Orangeburg clay. Okay, it's how a lot of the old septic systems are. Are they and like clay pots? Like they're like they, a clay. Okay, like the terracotta. Pot, almost. You know, yeah. You know, and, you know, they, they run through, but they, they were put in in the 60s, 70s and stuff like that. And they stopped using them in the mid 70s and started moving over to plastic. Uh, and now like we're in 2021, almost 2022. Right. <laughs> That's the year. So these, these sewer lines can be 50 years old, you know, in a lot of places are older. And you look at them wrong. They, they just fall apart and then your, your line collapses and that could be a real ordeal. Um you know, it, luckily the municipal lines usually aren't aren't clay, so you don't usually have to worry about that. You know, uh, but you're probably going to be dealing with some age, you know, some age something underneath the ground. And if you own it, you want to make sure to get inspected. You know, depending on the size of your park, 
you know, you might have a plumber go down and scope it, okay, and run a scope through there and look at the walls and see, you know, see where it's degrading or see if it's, you know, needs some some repairs and things like that. But when you buy a big park, you're just not really going to be able to scope a whole big park. I mean, it's just going to probably not be affordable and not be timely. So you have to kind of get some basics understandings of do you, do you know, you know, what the lines are made of, you know, the, the primary line, because that's that's a big expense. Obviously, you know what the connections to the sub lines are made out of are, you know, do you know what the, the sub lines are made out of the, the feeder lines that go from the home to the, the main line? OK, because the main line is going to be a big old, big old line. That one's probably fine. But you, you want to just double check on it. But this, the feeder lines are really, you know, where people get jammed up on. Um, and those are the lines that, you know, in, like they get aged like anything else. They have a useful life like anything else. And you want to go and take a look at them. Obviously, if you, if you have uh, plastic, you know, PVC, OK, that's that's pretty great. You know, like that stuff lasts forever. You know, like I don't know about forever, but for you know, a really long time. Uh, and if it was installed correctly and at the right depths and, you know, under the right conditions, it's probably fine. Uh, but, you know, it might not be. And you want to go and walk, you know, as much of the park as you can and kind of see you know, what you can see that's below the ground and see how the, the earth's using with it. You got to watch out for tree roots and stuff like that that might be poking through it. Um, you know, there's, uh, you know, there's a connection piece that I don't have much experience with this, with this thing, but I did this one deal years ago with the guy and, you know, he got, he got way down in there. I mean, he was literally having people crawl around and everything down on the ground and looking at everything and scoping everything you can think of scoping. And, you know, they found that there was, you know, 10 or 15 connections to the main line that the connection that housed the, the feeder line was falling down. And the quotes to repair those things, it was astronomical. It was something like seven or eight thousand dollars, you know, a piece. Um, and so, you, you know, did it need to be replaced according to the seller? No. You know, according to the buyer, absolutely. Did the buyer end up replacing them afterwards? I don't know. Uh, but at the same time, at least he knows what he's getting into and was able to budget for it. Um, so the real thing you want to, you know, make sure you, you, you're doing with the sewer lines is asking the seller more about the feeder lines and if they're and what they're made of. And what you're hoping to hear is PVC. What you don't want to hear is Orangeburg. Uh, and that's that's sort of the short story of it. But you want to get your third parties involved and you want to get what inspections done that you can uh, you want to, you know, if it's if it happens to be on septic, you want to make sure you understand how the septic lines really work and where they're feeding into and their capacity at the tanks and all that kind of stuff. Um, but again, watch out for Orangeburg, uh, and you know that's because that that stuff can cost you a fortune to replace it. Your whole park decides to start to collapse. Now, I, I know you're not a construction guy or a plumber, but I have one quick no. question. <laughs> sure. When I think about replacing a sewer system. Like in my head, they're like digging up the streets and yep. stuff like that. Yep. Is that, is that what happens? So I'll tell you this story. I'll try and be brief. When I owned my park, the city decided to force me to connect to the city sewer. Okay. And I had to, it was either that or, or they will shut the park. They gave me, you know, about one year to do it. Uh, and they charged me about $3,500 a tap. Okay. And a tap pretty much means per unit. Okay, and each unit needed their own tap, even though some of the units were right next to each other. It could have been one thing. That, no, it's two two taps, two separate connections. And I had to connect it to the city sewer line, which they were graciously enough to bring into the property. Okay, uh, but I but yeah, they dug up the road, 
Okay. And then I had to go, I'm not a plumber, not a construction guy. I just happened to be a guy who lived on a farm and could be sort of handy. Uh, I had to go rent a backhoe. Okay. And I kept it for, you know, a couple months and I had to go buy the piping and I had to go dig each and every trench from the trailer to the city store line and then place the gravel in the trench and get it inspected and then put the line in the trench get it inspected and, you know, get it all hooked up. I had to do 35, 40 of these things in the time frame that they gave me. And I couldn't afford help because the, the cost was going to cost me over a hundred grand and my cap fees were already over a hundred grand, you know, and I, I had no money. I mean, that was, that was coming out of thin air, you know? So this, you know, I learned real quick and I can tell you it's a monster job to have to do yourself and not something I would ever want to do again myself. And I, 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 I was so upset and frustrated and, and just thoroughly annoyed through the whole process. But by the 35th one that I put in, I kind of knew what I was doing, you know, and it was moving <laughs> a lot smoother. But I'll tell you, those first five or six, I could not get them passed. I, they, they kept failing and I kept having to just, you know, redo all this, you know, full, full labor day of uh, or, or day of labor of, of putting these things in and pull it out and do it again. It's not what you want to deal with. I would really recommend not dealing with that. The conversion from a septic to a public uh, is leave that for the professionals. <laughs> you know, yeah, pay the if you can afford it. That's a nightmare. But, I, I, you know, it. you doing it and you putting in the work is, you know, why you're successful. That's what it takes. You got to get in there and do it. You can't jump into one of these ventures and just expect everything to go smoothly Things are going to go wrong, especially if you're on an ad value project, you're just going to run into, you know, and and to that, I know we're talking about, you know, sewer lines and stuff, but you know, if, if you're thinking about, you know, all of your utilities and thinking about what could happen in terms of moving or kind of launching your park, what kind of like budget should I have set aside? Like, what, is there a percentage of like, Repairs. You want to have some reserves. You know, you you usually underwrite to some reserves. You don't underwrite it as part of the NOI. It's usually below the NOI. Um, You know, unless if you know you have some substantial ongoing capex that has to be, you know, brought into the the true expense line. Uh, But most of the time, you're going to underwrite to a reserve uh, below the NOI, and that's you know, some people do one or two percent. Some people do you know five percent. Depends on how much money you're truly going to reserve and set aside for when catastrophes happen, because they do happen. They, they really and the more of the municipality, you know, the, the more of the utility lines that you own, the more likely one of them is going to fail on you sooner or later. And you're going to have to you know, be prepared to do it. Um, you know, like me, I, I was never prepared for a, a meltdown ever, <laughs> like ever. My, the, the, the few dollars that came in when I was you know, starting my park and it was like enough to pay everything. But there wasn't much past that. And, of course, I didn't have a job. That was my job. So any profit was really like my payday. And to try and save some of that extra for what was going to eventually become necessary, I just didn't – I just wasn't able to. And it really made it hard when these repairs did come. And in retrospect, I I should have forced myself to have saved some some substantial amount of my cash flow for reserves. you know, you can you go get loans, you can go work, you know, do what you got to do and scramble like I had to do, you know, ask people for money and all that kind of stuff. But uh, if you're raising money, you should be building in some some 
uh, of that into your raise when you're talking to your investors that you're setting aside X amount of this raise for future expenses so you don't have to call on your investors if and when that time does come. And then, you know, at least it's there as a little bit of a savings bank for you. Yeah. Uh, Look, we, we have five minutes left, Glenn, and I think that we would be remiss not to discuss at least for a second, private owned sewer lines, septic systems, and like the, the pitfalls. So, you know, sure. give us your cliff notes versions of what to look out for on the private owned septic systems. Sure. So what we kind of alluded to, it's, just, it's the same thing. It's the orange bird. You really want to watch out for orange bird. Uh, that's, that's the scariest part of all on a septic system. The other thing you have to, to know is, hey, if the septic does fail, will the ground perk again so you can put in a new system? Okay, that means how much water is in the ground? Can it, uh, you know, can it push out? Okay, and and, and get back to dry essentially, because uh, the effluent that's coming through from from the toilet into the septic tank then goes into a septic field. Okay, and that has to be able to go. If it can't go anywhere and it just puddles, you're gonna have a real mess on your hand. So. You know, making sure the ground can perk is, is an important thing when you're thinking about private septics. Like if it fails, where's the replacement going to go? OK, um, because if it can't perk, then you're stuck with even scarier things like mound systems, which is essentially a septic system above ground, which is, you know, it sounds kind of like what it is. It sounds disgusting because it is <laughs> disgusting, <laughs> but it works and, you know, people use them, um, you know, and so you, 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 you really want to look at the tank, make sure that the capacity on the tank, the holding tank is the appropriate size for the amount of bedrooms that are being used by it. You want to make sure that, you know, as much of the, feeder lines and the, you know, all the, the tubing that's under the ground is made out of PVC. Okay. Uh, you want to make sure that the ground, you know, has the ability to dry up so it can perk um, and, you know, things like that. And then you got to talk to your tenants about what they put into this stuff because, you know, grease and, you know, you know feminine, feminine products, products and, absolutely. And, and, you know, toys that your kid throws in there and to toothbrushes and stuff like that. They just somehow make it in there are bad, much worse on a private system than they would be on the public system. As long as on a public system, it gets through the narrow tube into the big line, it's probably fine. Uh, whereas here, it doesn't work that way as much. Almost the lines get smaller and smaller, and it's going to cause you a problem. Um, so that's you know what I would be on the lookout for, and I would be finding out if, the, if there is a, a public connection available to connect to public sewer. Um, you might be able to run your septic for 30 years with problem free. Okay. Like plant, my house is on septic in, in my, you know, my farmhouse and I never have to worry about it, but we take care of it. Um, you know, so septic can last forever, but if there's a municipal connection available, at least, you know, you got, you got a way out. If, if, if poop hits the fan, shit hits the fan. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, that's, that's an important thing, but you're not always going to have it. Uh, but right. it's good to know if you do, um, and then the other septic stuff that's out there, you know, it's, not, it's you got water treatment plants uh, and, you know, wastewater treatment plants where basically it's like a big pool and a processing plant that cleans the dirty water into, into clean water and then releases it out, you know, ridiculously enough, often into a stream. Um, and that, you know, was apparently clean by the time it gets out there. Uh, those those are such a huge job. I mean, you need a third party almost all the time to operate those things. For Wait, you. people have those on premise? All the time. Yeah, yeah. Plenty of parks have waste treatment plants. Uh, really? Because there's no public connection and the ground won't perk. 
So your next option is one of your next options is putting in a treatment plant, which are actually very efficient machineries, you know, machines really? that, that do all this stuff, but they might cost you a half a million dollars or a million dollars. Yeah. And so if you're a big park, sure, you can absorb that cost. If you're a 30 space park, you might not be able to absorb that cost so well because, you know, who knows? Maybe your rents are too low or, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, a million things. But yeah, yeah, a million things. And then there's then there's even things called lagoons. Okay, which they're nuts. I, like, I mean, they work and they're all over the place, especially up where you live. There's lagoons everywhere up where you live. Okay. Um, and it's basically a giant cesspool. Okay. That it, and it is what it is, you know, and yeah. you treat it with chemicals and it, you know, the, the stuff falls down and the good stuff, you know, gets released into the sky. And, you know, it, it's like a holding tank for poop and stuff, but it does spill and sometimes have to get dredged. And, you know, the, 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 the lining of the walls sometimes have to get redone because it can start to seep. Um, and, you know, it, it, you know, you see these things sometimes in flood zones and you, and you scratch your head and like, that's, that's exactly the worst idea ever. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, you know, I'd rather so, have an above ground shit tank. Yes. <laughs> you know, the, 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 you know the, so, I mean, these are your options as a novice, stay away from all that other crazy stuff we said and look for, initially a park that the utilities are owned by the municipality all the way up to the meter. If you can't find that, then public, you know, utilities that are there up to the property line. And from there, you know, if you got to deal with private utilities, it's not the worst thing in the world, but it's a little bit lower on the list and you're not getting much of a price benefit out of that either uh, in today's market, you know? So maybe there's some, but it's not like it used to be. It used to be a lot of points and now it's like a fraction of a point, you know, of a discount kind of thing. So um, uh, Glenn, uh, amazing stuff, man. Thank you for giving us a crash course on sewer, mobile home park, sewer lines, and, uh, you know, private sewer lines, all that stuff. Very important to know if you'd like to learn more about sewer lines and things like that, anything having to do with MHP, you can go to our website, the MHPexpert.com. And there you can find out all of Glenn's magic tricks in the business, learn all sorts of stuff, looks at his listing, see what's for sale, look at his services and read his blog. You can also reach out to Glenn at G Esterson at the MHPexpert.com. And you can call Glenn at 720 720- MHP, the number four YOU. That's 720 MHP for you. On behalf of Glenn Esterson, I'm Jason Sorotin, and we will see you next time. <laughs>